What's up, you Comedia family? Vladimir Praknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 47 of the Comedia podcast, where I serve you Comedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Chris Sayer. He's a freelance animator and director with 18 years of experience. Chris, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hiya. Uh, thanks for having me uh, on the show, guys. Um, yeah, uh, maybe uh, a weird thing about me is that I have a funny condition in my eye called Marcus Gunn Phenomenon, which um, a lot of people don't know this because it's not particularly obvious, but um, when I eat, uh, my eyelid goes up and down when I when I eat. Um, doesn't really? affect my yeah yeah it doesn't affect my vision or anything like that. But um, uh, the funny thing about having this is it's usually kids that spot it, not adults. So you know you'll be like for instance when my my daughter was about three I think or two maybe when she could first sort of start to say words. Um, she sort of stopped what she was doing at the dinner table um, look looked over at me and said. Well, I think she might have said it to to mummy. Actually, she was like, um, "Mummy, why is Daddy's eye doing that weird thing like this?" So it was just <laughs> it was just really funny that you know kids pick up on it really really quickly, and, and uh, most people don't because it's it's not that obvious. But if we were on a um, a video chat, uh, Vladimir, I, I could show you. <laughs> <laughs> is it something you've always had, or is it something that developed years later? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, like my mum. Uh, obviously, when I was a baby, breastfeeding me, she sort of noticed it and then sort of freaked out a little bit and was like, uh, better, better go to the doctors and find out what's going on with my child. Um, and uh, <laughs> and it, was, it was a bit weird, like going to school for the first time, because I obviously knew that I had this thing and kids can be cruel. Um, so I was really worried. Yes, can. Yeah, going to, to, going to um, primary school for the first time and thinking that most of the kids would sort of you know, take the mickey out of me um, or make fun of me rather. And, um, but they didn't, my mum was always like, oh yeah, you, you need to sort of, um, you know, uh, you have to sort of be able to make fun of yourself and you also have to sort of turn it into something else. So sort of make it your party trick, you know, it's when everyone's going, hey, I've, I've got this scar doing this. And, you know, I, I sort of, I did this thing when I, I fell out of a tree or whatever. You could say, hey guys, I can do this with my eye when I eat and then you know right. most people most people laugh and, and think it's really cool and and it's a, always a, a good icebreaker so uh yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> that if you if you kind of pointed out yourself first and kind of like poke fun at it most people yeah. think twice about it yeah I mean what's most people are a bit sort of um they you, I can see that they're looking and they're like ah I don't know whether I should say something <laughs> Or that you know they can't quite work out whether that what they've seen is is actually happening or not, and then and then if I do if, if I I notice that they're they're looking at me and I say oh yeah I've got this like weird thing with my eye, and then I sort of I can make it more obvious if I open my mouth wider and then my eyelid really sort of shoots up so it's quite weird. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> and another another interesting thing about you is that my previous guest well, it was uh, episode number forty five Nick Lyons. You and Nick both. We're desk buddies at Territory Studio, right? Yes, yes. I mean, he was he's a, a full-time, but I was a freelance at Territory. I, I've worked with Territory maybe five years now, or maybe six years, actually. They, they were one of the first places I worked when I um, went freelance. So, yeah, I've done quite a lot of work with them 
I'm working actually with their uh, their sister company right now, um, doing some stuff for them. So, uh, but I'm not working directly at studio because they were one company. They sort of split into three now. So Nick is Nick is at the film and TV sort of part of the company, and I'm I'm currently working in the design company, which is around the corner. They're they're basically in the same area. So I, I bumped into Nick on the street the other day, said hi. Hmm. Um, he's he's nice. looks well. no that's awesome it's just such a small world because I I didn't know that you know him and I don't think you guys talked about this podcast before so it's kind of like I got you scheduled before you kind of connected the dots so it's kind of cool how how it all came together which goes to show that this motion graphics world is is so small you're gonna bump into people pretty often so Um, be careful how you treat each other so to speak you know because a lot of times sometimes people burn bridges and and whatnot and so I like how Sergey's uh, my, my twin brother Sergey's uh, boss from I, I forget what studio I think it was Vazda Studios in Birmingham. He said before he left, he said, "Sergey, it's such a small world. We're going to bump into each other. Yes. So it's like maybe in the future you're going to be my boss." So yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. And it, but it's interesting how it works out because it really is a small world. The the other connection with territory for me is that um, the the founders are all guys that I've worked with previously before Territory Studio. So. Um, uh, David uh, Hicks, uh, co-founder of Studio, he he weirdly used to freelance for me when I when I had a business. Wow! So he he was like one of my 3D guys that I used to get in to help me do 3D. <laughs> That's um, pretty crazy. And, and Lee uh, Fasciani, who I'm working with at the moment, I used to work with him at another company called Intro, uh, where where it was the company I, I first started at. So um, yeah, there's uh, more connections. It is a it is a very small world. We all Definitely know each is. other, especially in London. Everyone sort of knows everybody. Well, and speaking of your journey, let's start from the very beginning. Man. How did you get started in motion design and just in this creative journey? Because you do a little bit of everything, really. So yeah. walk me through it. How did you get into it? Well, how far do you want me to go back? Like, let's go deep. Let's go kid? far. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how, how this spark, where, where it started for you. Yeah, okay. So the spark came from, I guess, that uh, my dad is a, a, an architect, interior designer, and um, my uncle, he was a graphic designer and actually goes even further back than that. Like one of my, I think it was my great, maybe a great uncle, great, great uncle. He was a painter for like the royal family, weirdly. Um, used to paint like their, their animals, their racehorses and, and dogs and stuff like that. Animal portraits. Um, but yeah, my dad, um, like the fact that the sort of the creative blood is, is there already in the family, it was it was quite sort of inevitable that one of the kids one of me or brother or sister would go into the art and design world actually all three of us are like my brother's an industrial designer wow. my sister's an interior designer um so we're all sort of in there doing doing creative things but i was really the one that was most interested from a very early age so i i always loved like animation um disney warner brothers 80s tv shows cartoons early video game animation. I always loved sort of video games. So those sort of things are big influences in, in my work. And uh, I guess it was just, I was, I was encouraged by my, my by my dad to uh, to pursue a career. Like I, I didn't know I was going to do animation. Like I, I loved animation and I, I was in um, this kind of weird, um, I, I joined an animation club. This was this TV show that was on in the UK I'm not going to go into that because it turns out the person who who uh, sort of ran this thing ended up being a bit dodgy. But um, there was uh, so I, you know, really 
into into animation a lot. Um, st- went to college, did a fa- like a two year foundation pretty early. Rather than the normal thing here in the UK is to sort of do your GCSEs, which is up to about sort of 15, 16 years old. Um, so like your first like, examination level, did really well at art and design, uh, went into, rather than staying on at school and doing A-levels, which is a lot of what a lot of people do, I went to college and studied a BTEC in general art and design, which is like a two-year foundation where you got to try everything. So try out sort of fashion d- design and, and um, textile, uh, printmaking, 3D, fine art, sculpture, illustration, graphic design. You've got to try everything out in the, on this one course. It's really, really amazing, especially for like a 16-year-old. You know, it's just like, wow, this this world just opened up for me. And, <laughs> and then uh, by the final year of that BTEC, I, um, you get to sort of specialise. And I had a sort of passion for illustration, ended up looking for uh, universities, sort of looked around at universities that um, did illustration courses. And a lot of the illustration courses uh, did animation as well. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I can sort of study this thing that I really want to study, but maybe I can try out this other thing at the same time. So um, found a, a course in Manchester, uh, which was a illustration with animation course, a BA, and uh, applied to that, got in didn't really have any animation to show. I just had like flip books and, and little things that I'd sort of made. And then during that, that my time in Manchester, I just had a real thing for, and, and the type of animation I was doing at the time was drawn animation. I wasn't doing like computer animation at all. So I was doing frame by frame stuff and seeing my, my drawings move, just, it was so addictive. And I just got like this, you know, just, that's what I wanted to do. I just knew that that's what I, that's what I had to do. That was my future. Um, so I sort of applied for the Royal College of Art, got in there, which was to specialise in animation. And it's whilst I was at the RCA, um, I saw a shift in how animation was being made. So that was like year 1999. So After Effects and 3D software was still really quite young. Like the internet has only just become this thing that you can use. So I saw this real tipping point. And I was like, well, I was studying... In my first year at the RCA, I was, I was doing cell animation. I was actually making like 3D models and then putting my cell animation into, so it was like two and a half D, like 2D with like 3D sets, doing that all on a rostrum camera onto 16 millimeter film, editing on a Steenbeck, which is a, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, a Steenbeck is a, a device that allows you to put your 16 mil on one side. It's like an editing machine for 16 millimeter. And so I got to learn all these traditional techniques and it was in my, my second year. I was like, I can see that there's this massive change happening. I better, you know, and there's, there's uh, opportunities here to learn this new piece of software. So I sort of did like a, a two day course in After Effects or something. And, and then it ended up doing my entire um, graduation film using After Effects and Premiere. And that was like my first After Effects project was, was my graduation film. And, and then when the show came along, when we were like showing our, our work at the end of end of the year, I think the show had been going like a two days or something, and and then this company called Intro came along. They they saw my work. They they come up to me, asked me some questions, handed me a business card, and then um, and said call them. And then two weeks later, I was working there. And then that was like basically the the start of my sort of motion graphics career, like professional career. What was that like the first day there? Uh, it was funny actually because um, I'd sort of been on this incredible educational journey from sort of going 
to like um, each each sort of stage was I was getting better and better and um, going from sort of each level you know sort of getting to the Royal College of Art you you that's it's a very difficult college to get into so when when you get there you you are on this you, you just feel like you are you know God's gift to animation you just you know, <laughs> this this okay. amazing thing and then like the first day as an intro they really brought me down to sort of the ground level. And uh, they're like, look, you're not at the Royal College of Art anymore. And if the client, <laughs> um, you know, wants these changes, you have to do them. You know, you, you're not at college anymore. So you, you better like crack on and, and do all these changes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is the real world. Real world. Yeah. So like within the first week, I, I was uh, I was put in my place, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great that it happened to you that way. For me, it was the opposite. Like the first, well, I guess it was kind of the same way. First day on the job. I was so scared. I literally, like a week later, ran away without them oh, telling really? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I just got in the car, told them I need to get some of the car, just never showed up. <laughs> oh, man, it was terrible. Was this, uh, that was a, that was an animation job? No, no, this was actually like a design job. It was like, I, you know, it's one of those things that it, during an interview, I do really well in interviews for some reason. <laughs> I can talk my way into things and I talk my way into something that I had no business talking myself into. <laughs> so they thought <laughs> a bit more than I could chew, really. And yeah, uh, let's yeah, just yeah. say it backfired big time. And now looking back, it's just like, well, it wasn't as scary. I just didn't have the confidence I needed. Confidence. And, and that's just, that's the main thing though, isn't it? Confidence experience and confidence if you don't have those two things it's gonna well and then confidence comes from experience so i didn't have yes, experience therefore i didn't have confidence yeah and and speaking of experience you've been at it for 18 years my goodness like do you, yes. are you gonna write a book anytime soon are you teaching uh, i do uh, i do um teach um well i don't really teach i, I go and do lectures now and again at, at different colleges around the uk um as well as I, i've done a couple of schools um as well uh, I went into uh, my my kids' local primary school and did a, a talk there, and also the school that my daughter now goes to, the secondary school. I, I, I did a talk there. Weirdly, the the art teacher there was my old art teacher from when I was at school. Really? <laughs> so she, wow. Yeah. So she she clocked me when we were looking around the schools for for my daughter, and she's like, "Oh, you you need to come in and, <laughs> and do a talk here." <laughs> so that was that was good. No, that's awesome. And you know, you were you were talking a lot about different colleges and places you went to now do you think college is still relevant today um it's i think did you you chatted to, to nick about this didn't you um, yeah i uh, try to ask everyone i'm curious to to hear everyone's take yeah, on this yeah no but i think this because there's i've you know i sort of i follow a lot of um like for instance you guys and grayscale gorilla and and future and and all of those guys online and and this seems to be quite a popular question at the moment and i i I hadn't really thought about it until it started coming up and and actually some friends of mine they they've got in contact with me recently because their daughter who's just about to start like choose like what she wants to do in the future you know she's trying to work out whether she wants to go into animation or not and so that I did a Skype call with them the other day they're in Hong Kong and they just wanted my take on the best way of getting into that and I think because of the sort of when I look back, the sort of linear journey that I took that seems like a really normal way to get into this. But actually, I think there's there's so many ways of doing it. And actually, right. I've met a lot of people that have not come in to this industry in in you know via via doing an animation course. So, for instance, like it's funny funny listening to the talk with Nick because you know he's like a history major, and then I've, right, I've met right. a guy I've met a guy recently um, who 
I've been helping out a little bit, actually. He went to the Royal College of Art recently, but he started off doing, I think he did philosophy or something like that, or English literature or something. Um, but he always always had a, a passion for drawing. And and then, you know, he, he got experience somewhere doing, I think he just like sort of fell into it weirdly, a, a little bit like Nick was doing animation on the side and then, you know, decided that this was actually really fun and wanted to get into it more i, I feel like I've, I've met quite a few people that have done it that way and, and even like learning online is it seems like a, a real option these days in fact one of the guys that i used to work with he was completely self-taught he was probably the first person i i knew who who didn't actually go to college but was was really good and you know i think i always tell everybody about the sort of when I go and uh, get a new job or I go to a, a, a studio I've never worked for before, at no point do they ever ask me what grades I got, you know, what college I went to or any of that. It's like they look same, at my same port- here. Yeah, they, they look at my portfolio and it's like, well, you can do this thing and, and I've, I've met you now and you seem like, a, you know, a nice guy and, and you, you know, you've told me a bit more about this project that you've done here. So that sort of fits what we want to do. You know, so it's for me, it's always portfolio. It's not really about the educational establishments you went right. to. If you can get that education in a different way, then I think that's that's you know, it, that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. No, definitely. And a lot of people, like you were saying, you know, Nick Alliance, he was a history major and then yeah. switched. I think he was already 25 years old. He already got a degree yeah. in history and then he had to yeah. switch and go back. And then I interviewed uh, the AE Scripps founder, Lloyd Alvarez. Oh yeah, he, I listened to that one as well, yeah. He was pre-med major. Like I think he was in, uh, like in medical school for three years or something like that before he decided oh, to shift. Oh yeah, yeah, gears. he didn't like blood, did he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He passed out. Or I was me passing out, but he, yeah, the same way. He, he didn't care for blood but it, it is interesting it's not too late to switch i think because a lot of times you can ca- carry over a lot of uh, those micro skills that you learn in other fields to motion oh, yeah, graphics that's exactly what i was going to say yes yeah. yeah 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 so the the guy that i um that went to the royal college of art um who graduated this year uh, who I've, I've been in contact with and i work with briefly at picnic um studio he I can't, yeah, he did something like philosophy or something. And, and I said to him, look, because he was he was applying. So he'd already got a BA and he had experience working. I think he was an intern at Picnic. So he had like three months internship experience, had like some decent films that he, you know, that he could create a portfolio from. And, um, and he was like, well, you know, do you think I, I'll get in? Do you think I can sort of uh, go to the RCA, do you think I'll, I'll fit in there uh, when all of these other people are coming from these more creative backgrounds? I'm like, yeah, of course, because the one thing that you've got that so maybe the people that have just been studying pure, like creative fields is you've got this amazing, oh, do you know, I think he was studying history. I said, look, you know, you've history is brilliant because the, all these stories, you know, most of the time we're, we're telling some sort of narrative. So he's got all right. of this stuff that he can take from that he's learned he's learned this completely different thing and he can bring all of that into his work and it's like that's that's brilliant that's how styles develop right exactly exactly i think animation for me i think one of the main main attractions for me was um i was i was always maybe indecisive might be the wrong the wrong word but because i found all of the 
creative fields that I tried out early on in in my education because I because I like doing them all, which is probably why I don't really specialize and I consider myself more of a generalist. Is that I find it all really interesting and you know even like music is something that I wasn't actually when I was at school I had to choose between art and music I couldn't do both it's really weird but I would have I would have chosen music as well because that's something I'm really passionate about as well but animation seems to be able to, um, seems to pull all of these things that I'm interested in under one roof so you know doing character design I can do that uh, if I want to build a, a sort of a, a world uh, with buildings uh, in my own style I can do that you know like if I want to sort of concentrate on um, I want to, you know, sort of create a certain soundtrack for this. I can, I can make that myself. So, you know, animation for me brings all of the things that I like together under one, under one roof, really. That's, that's why I sort of got into it, I think. Now I'm curious because you started out working for somebody, right? Your first job was at yeah. the actual company. At what point yes. did you step out to do freelance? It was about six and a half years after um, doing it. I, I was getting a bit frustrated because I was doing a lot of the work and they didn't really have like a credit system. It was just the company did it. Oh, and, I see. And I wanted, I wanted people to know that I did it. And I was getting a bit frustrated by that. It wasn't anything really to, I mean, I, I wasn't paid very good either. I was like, you know, most people that knew me, they're like, oh, my God, like you do all this work and you do this stuff and you're really good and you should you should be paid more money. And I was like, oh, yeah, but and I, because I'd gone straight from college into this job, I, I felt that like I couldn't ask for more money. I don't know. It was just one of those inexperience, you know, and, and then this opportunity came along to start a business with a couple of my friends, one illustrator, one graphic design filmmaker or stroke filmmaker. And uh, we sort of hatched a plan and sort of came up with this business model, business idea. And we, we, we basically set up a company in 2006, end of 2006, called Wild Stallions. And uh, it was brilliant. It was like the most fun thing ever to, to do something like that. It was, it was a huge relief because now I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, it was, everything was like, this was our work, you know, the credits right. are there and everyone can see that this is what I, I'm doing and, and this is me. And before I was kind of just part of a machine and that sort of annoyed me. So I wanted to be, I wanted to be visible, you know, I wanted people I don't to blame know that yeah. work. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's necessary to have a full-time job first for some period of time before attempting freelance or do you think it's not really necessary? What's your take on that? I think, <laughs> I think I, I wish I'd gone freelance before I set up my own business <laughs> <laughs> because I think that would have given me a lot of insight into how other studios sort of work or are run. That's the, you know, like I find it really interesting as a freelancer now because I've run my own animation studio and it's like, okay, so I go into these other studios and I, and I see how, how their, their, what their structure is and, and see how they file their files and, and all of these kind of things and how they run their jobs and how they produce their jobs. And um, I mean, the, the, good, the good thing is, or the good news is that we weren't doing anything wrong. Um, we were doing everything exactly like everybody else. But I think that it would have been good to have, have 
tried the freelance thing first before setting up a business because I didn't I didn't really have I hadn't done it before and you know I'd never because obviously a freelancer you're you are running your own business but it's just you so it probably would have been better to have had a bit of that experience first before jumping in and running a, a bigger business now let's transition to a dark moment in your life man I want you to ah. tell us I want to, yeah tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey take it away okay well there's been a couple <laughs> I know that you and Nick share one together right? <laughs> well yeah that was that's uh, that was a funny one that was short that was a short-lived though that was that didn't last very long once that was done <laughs> it was it was done now for me I I, I messed up my um, sort of almost messed up my career very very early on by not sitting correctly at the desk. So I ended up with um, repetitive strain injury pretty early on in my career, probably about three years into my professional career. And at a certain point, I wasn't even able to operate on a computer anymore because it was that bad. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, I've been working really, really hard to get to where I am. And I've just messed it up by doing too many late nights and not sitting correctly and holding my mouse in a weird position and this kind of stuff. So it took about three years of recovery to get over that. And uh, at one point I actually had to sit behind someone else and, and they had to operate the computer for me. So I had to sort of give them instructions of what I needed to be done. Which was interesting because yeah, it taught me a lot about how to be patient when you're directing people you know, you sort of have to let that person do do their thing, and uh, and you, the temptation to sort of grab the the whack on pen from them or whatever <laughs> to sort of go, no, you're doing it wrong. Like, it's it like you were there, coaching you know? them through it in a way. Yeah, yeah, and actually, that I work with that guy a lot now, and uh, I think he he learned a lot from me. <laughs> right, that was a college him over his shoulders. Yeah, and um, uh, and again, it's it's it was really good experience, sort of. Uh, learning how to sort of explain what right. you mean clearly as well. Like it's quite difficult to sort of give people clear instructions when you're, you know, especially when you're trying to design something right. or animate something. Uh, it's really, really quite hard. So that was quite weirdly a, a plus. Uh, a right, right. It looks like came you, you benefited from of, it, yeah. Yeah. And then the next dark moment is losing my business. <laughs> losing oh, my ouch. animation studio. Yeah, yeah. So that's... That was uh, uh, when did that happen? See huh? that one coming. Um, so we, after um, setting up, we we sort of went for about five and a half years, and um, it was in the last year that we did a we made this film and uh, for another company, uh, and that company went into administration, and then because we did, didn't get paid for that job, we we just we couldn't keep going. We had to close close shop before it got bad for us, before we would go into administration. So, yeah, we had to close down and go our separate ways, go freelance, all of us, which we all – well, actually, one of our producers is uh, – she's at Nexus now in London. She's the studio manager there. But uh, Jason and I, who were the, the main um, animators, creatives there, we, we are, we're still freelance now. But I think it was um, – I, I kind of missed the company because we just we were doing some really cool stuff and uh, we were just starting to get the sort of bigger clients before we had to like stop. 
but you know, I really enjoy the freelance side of things as well because I get to work in loads of different places, places I've always admired, get to meet loads of new people, get to work on really interesting projects. And that's great because it just keeps it really interesting. You know, I'm always doing something different, so I never get bored of doing the same thing. So, uh, I, you know, I really enjoy the freelance side of things. Now, what are some lessons that you learned from your worst moments, I guess, in your journey, creative journey? You need to stay healthy, <laughs> especially true. as a freelancer. You've got to, you know, I think the thing is we are sat, people that do what we do, we sat at a computer like all the time. And it's just not natural to sit in this position right. for such long periods of time. So I have to have both of my uh, monitors uh, raised off the off the table, off the desk to the right height. And if I don't, then I, I get the real pain in my neck and I, I can't even use a mouse anymore. I have to use a Wacom tablet because it's a more really? natural position. Yeah, and more natural position to hold my, um, to have, have my hand in. Have you tried standing desks, like standing up instead of sitting down? Uh, I don't need to. I have these like these sort of attachments that I put on my chair to keep me in oh, the I correct see. position. So they sort of push they they push my lower back out so I can have a um, better posture when I'm at the computer. If I didn't have these things, I'd get back into my old terrible ways, and and then I wouldn't be able to do any of this right. work anymore. Uh, so there's that, and then and then the I guess lesson learned from from the the business is uh, just I don't, what what would I say about that? Just I don't know. I didn't see that one coming to be honest, and um, I think at the time I wasn't particularly all I was interested in running Wild Stallions was being creative. I didn't I wasn't really interested in the business side. So I think lesson learned from that is to you can't just be. You know, especially as a freelance, you can't just be focused on on being creative. You you've got to understand the business side of it as well, because it's really important. And it's not something us creators really want to know about. So it sort of forced me. You know, it's a hard lesson learned, really, that you've got to understand that side of it as well. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into freelancing? Um. I definitely think that getting, um, I don't think it's, I mean, it is possible to do it straight away, I guess, from from college or whatever. But I, I don't think, you know, it's like you talked about experience earlier. It's, it's hard without experience to go into freelancing. So I, th I think, you know, you at least get a couple of years studio time before you do freelance. I think uh, things to remember when you're freelance is to be, flexible you know i try to be really flexible with with the people i work with offering them you know like i can work from home i can work in-house i can you know i can do whatever time days they want um enthusiastic you got you've got to sort of be a, a helpful you know nice person i think you've got to put in a little bit extra as well because if you're just the guy who comes like clocks in and out you know, people notice that you're not really that interested and just want to sort of just get paid like and leave. Uh, so I always try and put in a little bit extra just, you know, just to be helpful, just to if, if, if someone's hiring me. And I think this comes from running a business like when, when we'd have freelancers come in and, and, they, and they would just literally turn up on time and leave on time, which is fine. That's what they're being paid for. But you know, you, you also want them to help you finish that thing that they've come in to, 
to to help you with you know if you've set them a task it's like well i i did want you to finish that i didn't want you to kind of go okay guys you know i think i've done it but you know my time's up so see you later it's like oh my god like can you just sort of help me finish this thing because now i'm gonna have to stop what i'm doing and so i try i try to see it from that other side from the the guy who's who's employing me and and just try and help them finish that that project so if i've got to put in an extra hour i will because i think it's important you know and and they people remember that so um uh other things if if i mean you talked about um you know any sort of helpful tips about freelancing but uh i guess punctuality is really important as well uh, no one likes someone who turns up late um, <laughs> right don't want to be that uh, guy no, and uh, so you, you know, probably won't be working there again if you do that. A lot. Um, and <laughs> yeah. also, you know, just uh, for me, like I, I like to make sure that I'm really clear with what the brief is, and don't just sort of, you know, if if they tell you something and then you haven't fully understood, just get clarity on it because, right. you know, it's your your freelancers usually sort of parachuted into a, a situation to help finish a job off that's that's what i find i'm sort of the job's already started and you've got to come in you're you're there for like the final two weeks or something so they they want you to kind of come in hit the ground running which can also be quite stressful as well because you've just got to like if you've never worked there before you have to sort of you know there's this whole social thing that you've got to like get over as well so i try not to do that too often i try to work places i've worked at before no, it is interesting because as a freelancer, you have to have all these other skills like yeah. that most people don't need to have because you're, like you said, no. you're parachuting into the situation yeah. where you need to figure out the culture quickly. You need to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of different skills. Like, I, you know, I think I heard you earlier say that you're, you claim that you're a generalist, right? And yes. in a way, because a lot, of, I used to think I'm a generalist as well. And I used to think that you don't, I don't want to be a general. It's kind of like, you know, when you have curly hair, you wish you have straight hair. Right? It's kind of, yeah. so I always envied those, like my twin brother, who is, he's not a generalist. He's like a specialist. He knows his expressions and he's like, it's, yeah. he has his own niche. But in a way, like, I think for a freelancer, being a generalist is, is, uh, is a good thing because you can yeah, do quite is. a few things. Yeah. I mean, I, tr- I aim to work at smaller studios. I'm not, I'm not keen on working at the bigger studios because I, I find them a more stressful environment to work at. And quite often you are put in a more specialist positions in those, in the larger studios. And I think because I, I like doing a lot of different things, working in the, in the smaller studios, you know, you quite often have to, to wear different hats in that environment. It's like, I, well, I need to be good at compositing and I need to also know some, some cinema 40. And, and I also need to be able to, do some character animation and maybe they need me to do an edit for something and maybe do some audio editing, you know, so you, you, you do need to have these skills because, you know, sometimes you're, you're hired somewhere, you're, you're on a one particular job, but they've hired you for a bit longer because they're going to switch you and put you onto another job. And that job will be completely different from the one you were booked for initially. So, you know, having, if you can offer more skills, you're more likely to stay on somewhere longer because you can offer more than just that one thing that you, um, you know, you specialize in. That's true. The more skills you have, the more valuable become to the marketplace. And that means your job security goes up a little higher. Now let's, let's transition talking about your best project to date. Love to hear what it is. Oh, that's a difficult question. (laughs) question. Um, 
Oh, 18 always, years of experience. I'm curious yeah, to, no, to hear exactly, what it would be. Exactly. There's been some really good projects. I mean, most of them are, I've always, the way I approach projects, I always try, you know, even if it's something I'm not that keen on, I always try and find my own angle or approach it in a particular way where I get something from it. So it's not like tedious and boring. You know, if it's like a sort of boring corporate video or something, you know, you, which is not that fun, but you've got to, you've, you, you said yes. And, and you're, you're stuck with it now, even though that, that other job came in, but you can't do it because you've already picked this one. Um, cause you, you know, you've got two kids and a mortgage to pay and you just need to get some work in. Um, so, you know, I'll always try and find something fun about each job that I do, because if you don't, then it, you know, you, you won't want to sort of put a hundred percent into it. I don't think. So I guess in terms of, um, I don't know. So I guess some of the, I've got some really good, really fond memories of some of the early music videos I worked on. So I did a music video for, or worked on a music video for the Doves track called There Goes the Fear. And that was back when I was working for Intro and just, I mean, it was a, it was a crazy schedule. Like, you know, there was, there was loads of freelancers working on it. There was a lot of um, rotoscoping being done on that job. I was a compositor on it, compositing probably about maybe a third, maybe almost, yeah, maybe a third of the, the shots for the whole video. And, you know, we were all staying late to get this thing done. And, you know, it was just, I, I have like a really fond memory of, of working on that job, even though it was like hard and we, we were working silly hours to get it done. It was, um, it's one of those, one of those projects where I can still listen to the track now and I, and I don't hate it and I can still watch the video and go, yeah, that was, that was cool. You know, some of the music videos I've worked on in the past, I can't even hear that piece of music anymore because you're, you're listening to it on a loop constantly, <laughs> you know, for like right. four weeks or something. It's like, well, I can't even listen to that track so anymore or that, that artist. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, one of the, the best uh, moments of my career, I guess, as uh, is winning an Emmy with uh, the guys at Peep Show. That's pretty uh, sweet for for a job called How We Got to Now. That was the that was in two thousand. I guess I think it was two thousand fifteen, maybe fourteen. I've got the Emmy next to me on my desk. It says it says two thousand fourteen fifteen Primetime Emmy Award. So That's I pretty think cool. It must wow. have been. Yeah, that was amazing. Like going out there and. Um, getting on stage and, and receiving the award was like, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's pretty sweet, man. Oh, now, yeah. what, what do you get your inspiration from? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I get it from everywhere really. Like uh, my kids, you know, they, they inspire me all the time. Like everything that they do, that, that really inspires me. The drawings that they do, they're like both of them really, really good at drawing. Um, so when I see them sort of draw and the, you know they, they're not constrained by the same constraints that i have and just like it absolutely blows my mind some of the some of the stuff that they come up with hmm. um i think you know like i, I like uh photography I, i'm not like professional photographer or anything I, I just like taking photographs so yeah going out with camera taking photographs of things seeing looking through the camera i think it's re really important to see the world through through a lens like that because you you've got get to frame things you know out and about and you, you get to sort of understand how a 
how you can sort of frame things compositionally when you you know bring that back into your work so i think um uh, photography is really important so going out and just just taking shots of of stuff generally it's usually when i'm on holiday um when i'm sort of doing the majority of my photography but um yeah and the fact that you can carry a phone around with you and you, you know if you're just walking around you see something interesting you know i get a lot of inspiration from from doing that kind of thing but actually just you know staring out the train window um when i'm commuting to london everything around me like music is a huge inspiration for me i love love listening to music i get a lot of inspiration from from listening to that kind of stuff i try to sort of look away from you know sort of motion graphics it's hard not to get inspired and influenced by the stuff that you see on motionographer and and on vimeo and on personal sites but i i you know, I do look at that stuff and I do get inspired and, and, and influenced by that as well. But I try to get it from different sources. So I think it's quite important to, to you know, um, Why is get that? away from. You just don't want to become like, a, you don't want to be a copycat kind of thing, right? Um, I don't know. I just, I think that's just how, how I how I am really um you know we love like going down to see exhibitions with the kids I, I think it's just it must have something to do with the way that I've been brought up potentially like my dad would always take us to to exhibitions and take us away on interesting like weekend we'd go into the the country go somewhere around the UK like uh, on a on a weekend break go and see some sort of historical site or something like that I think that that's just how that's how I see the world you know that's that's I like to I like to go and and experience these things like traveling for us is is really important in our family we 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 like to take the kids to all sorts of interesting parts of the world we took them to vietnam wow two years ago now i think it's two years ago that's because um, my but that was a culture shock (laughs) yeah well the thing is then because then um mum is vietnamese you know we wanted to show them uh we wanted to take them to her hometown and get them to understand you know that side of their heritage, you know, um, cultural heritage. So, yeah, doing stuff like that for me is really inspiring. I, I, I just love going away from sort of my my desk to to get inspiration. I think it's just just the way I do things. No, I think that's a great way of doing things. I've been hearing from a lot of different people. They're saying that they get their inspiration from other things than motion graphics, like even like furniture, building furniture or something, getting outside of this field. Because if you're, yeah. if you're in it, if the same people are followed as so same people and they, you tend to produce the same stuff. So if everyone has the same, yeah. if everyone's drawing the same inspiration from the same people, then it just becomes like this one-dimensional industry so to speak it's just the same yeah, film look yeah. for everybody so yeah that's definitely it's true because i just came back from this, this there's a, a trail here in the united states in virginia in virginia i believe yeah it's called creepers trail and it used to be like this mm-hmm. this old railroad that went up the mountain all the way to the top of the mountain it's like a three hour ride down the mountain on a bicycle so me and my kids and oh, cool. my wife we, we all went and just going through that man there's so much there's like a nice river next to it and just the nature were you were you cycling yes oh just on the bike just going down yeah and just with the kids i had a little trailer attached oh, right. to one of the bikes and so oh, nice. and my yeah, kid yeah. had a five-year-old can ride a bike now so he had his own but like i have a two and a half year old who doesn't ride a bike and so but it was really cool it's just i can relate to yeah. traveling to because you have you have to leave your space and you have to it, kind of, it, it felt like it was like a little resort town, kind of like a ski resort town. And so it was kind of cool just drawing yeah. inspiration from nature. And so, 
anyway oh definitely definitely from nature but we, we do the same thing we because both mine can cycle now we we take them out as much as possible and we we went to there's a local area a reservoir near near where we live we took them there at the weekend and just went out for a couple of hours on on our bikes it's it's a just a nice thing to do with the kids you know as a family so i yeah i try to document those as well me too i always i always have a camera with me man i'm I'm that guy because i grew up i only have like a handful of cameras or pictures because i grew up we grew up kind of poor in ukraine and so now i have a hard drive full of hours and hours of, of content just from i literally document like every month i have something some kind of footage for for kids to to look back and, and yeah. see i think at the same same time that the fact that your kids are that age like you you do take more i've been taking less now they've getting to the age that they're at because a they they don't really want to post for photographs anymore <laughs> it's like a point of, i've been pointing a camera in their face for you know 13 years and my daughter's just like ah enough really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's fine so uh yeah uh, the funny thing is though like you know you wanted a photograph for for this interview and i was really struggling to find any of me because uh, I'm the guy <laughs> you're the one taking, taking the, pictures. the pictures i'm the same way yeah. i now i make it a habit to like flip i'm like that vlogger you know flipping the camera on me and kind of explaining what's going on because it's true like over the years i'm looking back it's like man i I'm the one. It's kind of like life viewed through my lens, so to speak. But you yeah, can't flip yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> now, in, in closing, what, what's coming up for you? Are you doing any speaking? Doing anything with motion graphics related stuff? Any projects you're working on? Yeah, I've got a um, starting a new project on Monday. Need to confirm it actually. <laughs> but it's, it's been in, it's been on the books for a, for a couple of weeks. Um, should be really exciting. I think I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> gotcha, no worries. Um, so, uh, but that's uh, it's a sort of cell animated style composite that I'll be working on and currently just working on a, a piece of work for Territory Projects, not Territory Studio. That's what I'm doing right now. And then, then it's Christmas. So I ha- you know, I'm doing this one job and then I'm stopping, sort of pausing for the Christmas holiday and then... Uh, I uh, haven't got anything booked in the uh, in the new year yet, but I'll be I'll be looking into that in the in the coming weeks. Mm. Wow, Christmas is just around the corner. That's crazy. Wow. Yes. I need to start yes. thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Um, so, if they go to my website, chrissayer.net, pretty much all the links to any social media or social site that I have is is on there. Uh, so. Instagram and uh, Twitter and um, Vimeo, uh, Flickr even, they're all on my on my website. So you can, uh, there's also, um, if they wanted to email me, for instance, there's a little email sort of thing that they can um, get my email from. So yeah, they, basically if you go to my site, that you can find all of the relevant info there to get in contact with me. Sounds good, Chris. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chris Sayer. Chris, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. Make sure to visit chrissayer.net. 
All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 47. And while you're there, check out our brand new course on how to animate logos and icons in After Effects. Right now, the price is only $19.97, but the price will go up to $67 soon, so don't delay. Go to euchromedia.com slash all dash courses. Again, it's euchromedia.com slash all dash courses. Also, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.